Hello and welcome to episode number 220 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Good man, good. It's uh, almost that special time of year. Yeah, this will be our Halloween episode. This will be up, uh, of course, for Halloween. So happy Halloween to all of our listeners. Hopefully you guys will be checking out loads of awesome horror movies over the weekend. Um, Definitely. Tweet us what you're watching, especially on Halloween. Yeah, it's nice that it actually falls like over the weekend this time, mm. which is cool, because it's always weird when it's like, it's a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, um, so it is at least nicer that it's on the weekend. Yeah, I've definitely got a few uh, movies planned that I'm going to be checking out. Yeah, you're going to be watching Martyrs again. <laughs> yeah, and Microwave Massacre. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, we have to talk about a new Tremors movie this week, um, which is exciting. Um, and also, uh, after that discussion, we're also going to be chatting a little bit about the Creep Show animated special, um, which also drops on Shudder this week. So we'll be talking about that after this week's film. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, to get into the news this week, um, kicking things off with uh, some release dates, of course, which we love to see, as always. Um, and oh, so date. this first one is is funny because we talked about it last week. We actually had a pretty in-depth conversation about um, the Don't Breathe sequel mm-hmm. um, off the back of Stephen Lang's tweet. Um, we now have an official release date. No, um, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> which is August 13th, um, 2021. And, uh, yeah, we've already talked about this extensively last week, our thoughts on a Don't Breathe sequel, so there's no point rehashing that. But, uh, yep, August, apparently, for that one. Um, Yep. Next up uh, was another slight delay um, for a bit of Ghostbusters. (laughs) Um, So, obviously, got moved to March, um, Mm -hmm. has now since been pushed to June 11th, 2021. No idea mm. why. Did I'm, I'm assuming something got moved to March. Like that's what I'd have to assume at this point. And then they decided to jump to June. I know it's all it's all hilarious and all yeah. just makes no sense. Um, <laughs> and and yeah, I I really uh, like at this point when you start to announce dates, I don't even take them into my brain anymore. No. I'm like, it's no relevance to me because none of these movies are coming out on these dates. Well, there's one more before we move on, <laughs> which Sweet. is. Sweet. Um, uh-huh. Candyman. So so obviously (laughs) Candyman got pulled indefinitely um, and they have now slapped a wild August 27th uh, release date next year, of course. Um, So yeah, it's it's all irrelevant. All of these dates are completely ludicrous. There's a conversation I want to have at the end of the show about a couple of movies that I've watched in the past week and it's kind of involving this whole you know distribution and etc so we'll kind of get to that a bit later on but i think the big thing about it is um i I think the only thing i ever take from this Mm. is that i now know i'm not seeing candy man until at least august yeah yeah so like that and so all i'm now is like well i'm nearly 12 months away from seeing candy man again yeah i'm like i wonder i wonder when it'll get pushed out any further like um it's hilarious like again going on to a bit of a tangent here but like we are weeks away from potentially new video games consoles and mm. it's hilarious seeing every video game disappear from the launch cycle <laughs> and i'm yeah. just kind of like i don't know whether these things are rocking out in a few weeks i just can't see it happening and like 
if well they, they definitely do, are because people have them <laughs> but there's gonna be them, jack shit people, to play on them <laughs> you know people have only got their review copies and stuff like these getting like the distribution of these things is gonna be oh, yeah. a nightmare i'm talking about like general public getting hold of them like well i think outside of those early pre-orders which was already shambolic then yeah like are people actually mm. gonna be able to get their hands on them that yeah. want them for christmas like i'm genuinely like i don't know with them i i feel like my playstation pre-order could disappear at any given moment my, yeah my xbox one is with microsoft so i'm pretty sorted there i'd like <laughs> but yeah it's a mess yeah um so yeah moving on from the release date shenanigans this first one it seems like um every film franchise is becoming a tv show sure um, why not it'd be nice oh, to I actually see some of these yeah you should try and guess what film franchise it is uh, um, hellraiser <laughs> I, i'm sure we've probably already talked about that because that's the best part is i can kind of actually remember them all obviously child's no, play is the main problem. one that we're looking forward to but i mean what else is there i literally can't even think now but i feel like every week we're like x movie is getting a tv show oh it yeah. was um i know what you did last summer wasn't it recently oh, Christ, um yeah. So this one is Ginger Snaps. Um, obviously, it was a trilogy of movies that were released uh, back mm. in the day. Class and movies. Yeah, like, I, I've not ever seen the sequels, um, mm. but I adore the original. It's absolutely incredible. Easily one of my all-time favorite werewolf movies. Um, absolutely love that movie. Always go back to it, and, it, and I'm always, like... Always even though, Yeah, even though I love it, I'm always pleasantly surprised at how much it holds up, because it's just such an awesome movie. Um, yeah. So definitely check that one out. Um, but yeah, it's it's coming as a TV show, really. I don't think we have too much news regarding, like channel you know distribution or anything like that um but yeah it was basically a deadline was reporting that it's being shaped up for a tv series um remember when we used to moan about remakes hmm. and now it's just all of our shows all of our films being remade into tv shows yeah it's weird right because i do think that is at least a, a different avenue and obviously I'm sure there's plenty that we just don't even bother to see, but I always just yeah, think like of like and stuff that we never saw. Yeah, but I always think of like I love Bates Motel, I love Ass versus Evil Dead, and mm. you know there's definitely an avenue for. I know people love Hannibal as well, which I really need to watch mm. but haven't. Um, so there's clearly an avenue for this sort of stuff. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, Ginger Snaps is is such a great story, and I do think it is something that could be adapted into a TV show for sure. I can already see that as like a Netflixy type thing. It's already yeah, going to be I like can, it's a teen drama it. at its core, so it kind of fits like the Netflix model. Yeah, like when you said Ginger Snaps, I was like, oh, because like Ginger Snaps again, like we've talked about, the movie is great, but it's never like one of these things that I have like a want of more of. No, and then, um, you know, it's pretty much the original movie. I have seen the sequels, but I don't really have much of a memory for them. Um, mm. But um, but yeah, then I kind of thought about it a little bit more, and I'm like, no, it, it makes sense. Like this, this could work. Like in a longer format, I think kind of this makes more sense to me than I know what he did last summer. Hmm. Um, you know, as a, as a weekly TV show, or as not even not a weekly, but an episodic thing that's you hmm. know eight to ten episodes long um, that could have more series as well. Like I know what he did last summer. I'm like, okay, they might be able to stretch a mini series, but like, how do you make yeah. that over the course of a season? let alone mm. multiple seasons which every tv show wants yeah um so yeah it makes more sense but yeah we need we'll more. just have to yeah for sure um next up this is like the biggest wtf news for a long time because i'm still scratching my head as to what this is this was initially in the news and i was like oh it's not even worth talking about and then we got some added information today and i'm like what the hell is this so basically the initial story was that a children of the corn remake slash sequel slash god knows what 
um, was basically filmed during the pandemic this year, um, <laughs> kind of out of nowhere. It's never been like officially announced or anything like that, but through casting calls and, and you know, the weird stuff that stuff gets leaked, people basically figured out that they were filming a Children of the Corn movie. Right. Um, that's what the news was. I think it also got rated on one of the ratings boards in America, mm-hmm. um, which which obviously means that there's a final cut available. Um, that news in itself, I was like, oh, I don't really care about it. But then it came out today that it's already showing in some theaters in the States. So <laughs> this is showing in in a couple of um, locations in Florida over the past weekend. And yeah, so now we have like a plot synopsis, which I'm not going to get into. There's poster art um, and a couple of images, but there isn't a trailer still. Um, and there's still not really any information about this movie, um, which is why I wanted to put this in here. Cause I'm just like, what on earth is this? <laughs> like it's based why? upon a theme- you know things so like how could something like that just go under the radar in such a way how can a children of the corn film get made like finished and shown Hmm. in cinemas and i still haven't seen a quiet place part (laughs) well that's the thing again like i want to talk more about it later on because of some (laughs) some new movies i've watched recently but um it is weird isn't it and, and like like i said why is this showing it it seems like it's shown at just a couple of locations very specifically in florida like mm. i'm basically thinking that this is like a micro budget movie where i'm, they I'm sm- assuming that some people in florida made mm. this movie because they wanted to have something shown at their cinema that's what um, i'm honestly children, that's what i'm thinking of that children, level children and they got the license. Might, might have been a license that for some reason like you know is like public domain or, or they, out, they outbidded Bloomhouse 50 dollars more and somehow got yeah. it <laughs> or maybe it's just that the words children of the <laughs> and corn is just not something you can trademark i don't know yeah god knows what this is i mm. i i have They're zero really interest that texas chainsaw massacre or, or hellraiser so yeah. you know I, I have zero interest in this movie anyway, but I'm fascinated just to see what the hell this is um, because it's really weird. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, next up, this one actually came in today, really. It's similar to what we talked about a few weeks ago with that new um, original movie that was being talked about starring Alison Williams. Do you remember that one about like the killer toy? Mm. Um, so this yeah, is another one. This yeah. like a new movie that's coming um, and it's got Lars Klevberg attached to it, who, of course, he brought us um, a Polaroid mm-hmm. and then obviously the Child's Play remake. Mm. And it was obviously Weird. it was like give and go as to whether or not that was going to get a sequel. It seemed like mm. he was waiting and ready and never got the call. So now he's moving on, basically, mm. in the genre. Um, so he's basically Paramount Pictures is back in his next movie. Um which is called Be My Eyes. Um, And we have a a short description here, which says, Be My Eyes follows a law student who volunteers to receive anonymous video calls from blind people for an app to help them see and do simple tasks. Uh, One night, she's pulled into a race against time when she gets a terrifying call from a blind woman in the midst of an abduction. Um, So a very interesting concept that I've definitely not come across anything like that before. Um, Very cat and mouse-esque. And yeah, this apparently comes from... Uh, the Crawl production team. Um, so with some, kind of Sam Raimi attached with that production mm-hmm. team. And it's basically because um, Paramount also funded that movie and that was a big success for them. Um, Cruel cost $13 million to make and grossed over $92 million at the Worldwide Box Office. Um, so wow. that was obviously a success for them. They clearly wanted to pick up another genre movie and this is the next movie. Um, so it sounds cool. Um, 
definitely it's always definitely. nice to get these sort of original ips getting getting made for sure and yeah lars is a great filmmaker really enjoyed mm-hmm. both his movies um yeah. sounds like a great little premise as well hmm. you know, something a bit fresh um, yeah i, I want to know who's starring in this straight away yeah, yeah and then kind of hearing that side of it, it yeah it sounds very interesting yeah, I hope they just get a really good lead because that's what this feels like it needs. Like, especially if it's gonna mm. be a lot of like video call stuff in it. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, and friended dark web. Yeah, it's a great film. <laughs> um, and then lastly, um, a Blu-ray announcement um, that came via Arrow Video. Um, I don't know if you saw this one or not. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I have some things to say about it. Yeah, so they had their January releases now. Obviously, we talked mm-hmm. about with December with Tremors coming. And lo and behold, one of my all-time favorite horror movies is being picked up by Arrow um, in mm. the form of Record. Um, I know. Or, AKA Wreck, but I always call it Record. Um, so, this, yeah, this is coming in January. Um, it's not a limited edition, so the big box um that you look that you know and love from arrow it is very mm. much just a a blu-ray with a cardboard slip case mm. um which costs 18 pounds um yeah. that is the early kind of the the recommended retail <laughs> price is 25 but it's currently for sale as 18 pound on on their mm-hmm. store um the extras are all archival extras which were obviously on the original blu-ray aside from one new audio commentary from a film critic so i have zero interest in that um and yeah basically you're paying 18 pound for an arrow video logo um mm-hmm. which i would have done a few years ago but right now that's never going to happen in a million years um i already own this movie twice on blu-ray i have the english blu-ray and i have a spanish blu-ray as well release um and yeah it looks amazing on that blu-ray it's a pretty new movie i mean wanted to come out like around 2007 i believe yeah and um, i mean it's found footage as well so like how, how good yeah. how much better can it look it's meant to have that effect to it like yeah 100 percent. that's a very good point um so yeah I, I don't know about you i don't want to be a debbie downer but i was like oh record and then when i looked into it with the price point with no limit edition mm. i was like pass completely yeah i mean i looked at the release and assumed it was a limited edition and and thought to yeah. myself do i want to upgrade enough to get the glossy out the arrow stuff that is just like a slip cover and, and, a, and, a, and a book and i was like i don't know if i do even though i love this movie so much because i already yeah. own it on blu-ray like the, yeah. the, the big thing for me about so many of these arrow releases are, are films that i don't already own on blu-ray but, mm. but yeah there has been a uk release of this blu-ray so I was already thinking I'm not going to bother with this, and um, and then I like looked into it a bit more and saw that it was just a, a regular Blu-ray, none of this kind of bells mm. and whistle. And I was just like, I I really don't understand it. Um, and and yeah, you know why why strive to get the license and don't get like the trilogy so you could so you can um, uh, you know put them out as a nice nice collection because that would be amazing like the record collection in a nice box set um or do it in a nice release so that um i was thinking there was four actually wasn't there was there four in the end record movies yeah yeah, yeah, there's four four in the end sorry yeah um and um or um you know put put this out as this proper you know i would have liked the collection uh but, but obviously even if it was just a the full bells and whistle version of it that serves a purpose for something but yeah i really don't understand what this does um yeah 
it's that price point is just way too high mm. for just a regular blu-ray and it's a shame because we will always love arrow of course yeah. but this year they have just been completely left behind in the blu-ray market for so many different reasons obviously not picking up or it is it, obviously difficult right but like there's just been so many other companies that have picked up way better licenses this year um they're obviously going through like a very much a transitional period because i know they had their warehouse issues at the start of the mm-hmm. year that was a bigger problem that was a big problem um and clearly now they're in that mitts between one foot in 4k and one foot in blu-ray mm. um and, and it's just yeah they i don't know man i really i do worry for arrow going forward because they were just it was great to have like the lead in you know they were the leader in genre blu-rays especially in the uk they were just so dominant mm. and maybe that's just what happens when you're on top for that long is you become like negligent but I don't know. I want them to be good again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I this, think, ain't, this ain't it. I think the problem is there's only so many gems that you can find. There's only so many yeah. microwave maskers you can put out and, and like these sorts of things that are cheap and still mm. like fun. And then you run out of the things that are fun and then things get expensive. And, and yeah. that's, I think, the problem they've gone into. You look at some of their bigger um, releases and they are, you know, um, expensive ip to get hold of and it's kind of like you know them them looking at this newer stuff you know the record is like a uh, a different beast we've seen them kind of go away from the 80s and go into the uh, you know the 90s kind of you know Candyman man mm. release and that sort of thing and kind of um look at that side but it kind of looks like you know this is them taking a step into to kind of you know the last 15 years as well and it's like i don't mm. really need to see them give uh you know, uh, um, paranormal activity. <laughs> yeah, paranormal activity, or or anything like that. You know, um, it's just it's just not what I really want from an Arrow release because that Blu-ray does exist already. So I don't need a better version of an existing kind of Blu-ray. You know, maybe when 4K comes around, 4K versions of these movies. But but yeah, it's it's a weird one. Yeah, because they they had initially a few years back, they had a really good mix of really random obscure shit that you've never heard mm. of, classic horror movies, and then picking up new stuff mm. um, like Lords of Chaos um, and uh, Hounds of Love and uh, that other movie from Pascal Lager that I always forget the name of. Um, yeah, <laughs> what is that goddamn movie called? It's so oh, it's Incident in a Ghostland. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those were the movies yeah. that were really good pickups for Arrow, but I completely agree with you. Picking up a found footage movie from 13 years ago is just a random ass choice. And I, like you say, I am one of the, this was at a time, my all time favorite horror movie. I still love it. It's still in my all time top 10. Like I love, love, love record, but I'm not spending 18 quid just for an Arrow like logo. It's just not going to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, that is pretty much the news mm-hmm. for this week. Should we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Tremors Shrieker Island. So yeah, the the seventh Tremors movie. We've seen seven of these, goddamn. <laughs> What oh. an adventure it has been over the last 30 years. I know. Can you believe it? And speaking of Arrow, we have the Blu-ray coming mm. up of the original movie, which I am very excited for. Yes, 100%. That is one of the best pickups for a while. Yeah. And like I say, that's a 30-year-old movie, so that yeah. makes sense. God, um, that movie's 30 years old. That's terrifying. Yeah, can you believe that? Like... Um, no. But um, <laughs> although, although when I see um, 
Bert in this movie. I do believe it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then when you see Kevin Bacon, you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's worth mentioning just real quickly, obviously, looking back on these movies. Like, the one thing that really blew me away was the fact that um, I always considered the most recent ones, obviously, the kind of more low budget, straight to digital slash oh, DVD they back in the quick. day. Yeah, like There's obviously, the, so the, the first movies that went yeah, to the, the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first movie was in theaters, yeah. did not do well. Um, it then got the resurgence, um, on video, and that's kind of what. And I believe DVD is so hard to keep track of mm. when DVDs actually came out. Um, and but I remember it was very much the home video experience was what what took off with Tremors. Yeah. Um, and yeah, six years later we got Tremors two, and Tremors two was straight to video, no. which is like unbelievable because it's so goddamn good. It's funny because when you click on the wiki it says like it's considered one of the best straight to uh, basically uh, direct to video sequels ever made which yeah. i 100 percent agree oh, with phenomenal. and it's kind of crazy that since then this has been one of those you know people call it like a b movie but it's not even that like it's it's always been straight to digital which i kind of love and respect that aspect of it of the franchise yeah it's kind of weird um, and it's also weird that kind of um We've had three of these movies in the last five years. Yeah, very recently. Um, yeah. You know, because we it was dead we did, for eleven years. This is our second one, right? For the podcast, yep. we did do mm-hmm. part six. What was it? Cold day in hell. Yep. Cold, cold day in hell. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know where the hell to begin with this movie. To be honest, I guess kind of, um, you know, we've we've gone over in the past of our, our, you know, our thoughts of the franchise, and we've gone into it a little bit there. But like, we are huge fans of Tremors. Like, we yeah, I love it. We were in the the zone. Like, I think we probably discovered Tremors on VHS, kind of, you know, uh, one right when Tremors two hadn't come out, and then kind of like Tremors mm. two coming out and just like being in it and like loving Tremors two, loving Tremors three. And then, like, Tremors 4 is such a weird movie that I I just uh, don't really have no real memories of. And then kind of the recent movie, still getting enjoyment from. Um, yeah, but I remember kind of... really not liking 4 at the time. Yeah, and that's how I Obviously, was. it, it, it pretty much killed thing. the franchise. Mm. Like, it was it was a bad movie, I thought. And then I, I was like, well, that's it then. Like, we're never going to get another one. And I didn't think about Tremors for such mm. a long time. Because I was like, well, they made a shit one, but I'll always love the trilogy. Yeah. And then, obviously, yeah, when, when they came back with Bloodlines in 2015, that's mm really what's kind of reignited this franchise with this mini trilogy and the weird thing is as well between bloodlines and four we had the tv show that was kind of like this weird stepping ground between kind of the 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 fourth movie and kind of bringing that into the modern day stuff and it was just like that was a weird misstep as well but it's such a weird franchise yeah well, it's weird because we obviously, yeah, we had the sci-fi TV show that ran for one season. Yeah. And then obviously yeah. recently they had the Kevin Bacon filmed pilot, which yeah. I've seen. Have you seen the pilot? I haven't seen the pilot, no. It got leaked online. Did it? Um, it's say. not officially available. I watched it last year, I believe. And it was the pilot that they shot for behind closed doors purposes only. It was never going to be released. And it was purely to see whether or not they would fund a new series. Um obviously they didn't pick it up but it was fantastic seeing kevin in that role again he picked it up like he'd been doing it you know as much as michael has been doing but um it was beautiful to nice. see highly recommend to check it out it's it's sad because you get this glimpse of a, of a what might have been mm. and it would have been fucking awesome to see kevin bacon in a recent tremors tv show because it had a bit of a yeah, budget as well yeah um, yeah but yeah so anyway shrieker island obviously um kind of surfaced that this new movie was going to be made and that um obviously um going to continue the the tremors as we know it um 
kind of because it, it's weird as well that we you know this these movies are basically a through story throughout like with with kind yeah, of it's a full um, canon. you know especially it's kind of burt gummer's kind of you know his mm. journey throughout all of these movies and different characters um kind of dip in and obviously yeah. um notably jamie kennedy being in the last two before this and i remember mm-hmm. when the casting was first announced and and kind of obviously we knew burt was going to be in it and it was announced early on that jamie wasn't and that was a yeah. massive blow because i think he he was one of the things i enjoyed most about the modern franchise the modern mm-hmm. era and and obviously so it made me a lot less pumped when they kind of showed this new dude that was going to be with burt and then we got the casting that uh got us extremely excited for this movie that uh <laughs> obviously richard brake is in this movie yeah um and yeah i mean before i even go into the synopsis of it i really of all the promotional stuff and everything i saw i really thought richard was going to be a small part of this movie Hundred um, percent. He's I, watched the trailer and he's in like one scene. Yeah, I really <laughs> so thought. I said to you, like, oh, he's getting killed in one scene. Yeah, I really thought it was just going to be like an opening scene or throwaway yeah. moment or, or something. He's legit like that. in this but, film. But yeah, he is massively in this movie. So if you're a mm. Richard fan, then strap in because yeah, he he's in this movie a lot. Um, mm. But yeah, so I guess going into this movie. Um, so we join a number of years after the last movie and uh basically uh richard's character bill is this kind of rich kind of um i guess hunter or, or kind <laughs> it's of because he, he has he carries two different job mm-hmm. titles which are very different aren't they yeah <laughs> he's like a he's like a big game hunter yeah who like does hunting trips but then he's also the owner of like a tech company yeah that, that somehow has basically made Jurassic Park for, for, for Grab Correct, <laughs> correct. Because effectively that is what he has done. He has made yeah. Jurassic Park for Graboids, but instead of Jurassic Park being that you visit to look at the Graboids, you go there to hunt Graboids. Yeah, so, which I'm sure we've seen that spin in Jurassic World or Park uh, at some point. Probably at some point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, kind of um, we, we joined the movie with Richard leading this hunt on this private island and he has illegally uh i don't even know like genetically jurassic park created mm. graboids on the island and he's created four i think it's four graboids that his party is um about to to hunt and take out and kind of um uh they quickly realize that um a graboids are really tough to kill and <laughs> they quickly turn into shriekers and then shriekers quickly multiply um so they end up getting into a world of trouble and a luckily enough in an island very close to this d- deserted island um is a another island with i guess some sort of um scientific expedition crew i don't really know what the hell they're trying to achieve on that yeah island. They've got elephants i was and i was very confused with yeah. that where i was like i need- like i was like are they aware of any sort of graboid stuff because obviously yeah. they have the link they feel, to Bert. yeah they feel... it's like is that, just, is, that just, is that just pure luck that like they happen to know the one guy yeah who's like the god of all these yeah things? they feel very like they're um yeah uh researching graboids but they're, they're just mm. on the wrong island and um yeah. yeah and we get introduced i can't even think of the character's name now is it jazz or jasmine or something um, yes who yeah. who is uh uh the ex-lover of Bert and mm-hmm. as things start to go south um she sends a 
uh, one of her guys to go track down Burt Gummer, figure out where he is, and bring him back into the game and hunt some graboids for the seventh time. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean... And hijinks were had. <laughs> yeah, and then Burt Gummer kind of rocks up and we get the, the Burt Gummer goodness that we all love. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean... <laughs> That's, that's more of a plot than I thought I'd give this movie, to be honest. When I was thinking about recording this podcast, I was like, I don't really even know what to say about this movie because mm. these movies are so kind of low budget and just so kind of um, just silly. Um, but, they, yeah. but they want to be silly. Like, it's almost difficult, like, right off the bat to, to kind of review this. Um, because the movie is, I mean, look at the poster. I feel mm. like I made that poster. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> and like i haven't even <laughs> it's so ridiculous and i I'm, feel like that was the poster for the last two but they just cut out jamie kennedy's head <laughs> i honestly think so like and and it it's just it is kind of you know it's so hilarious that these movies are still being made and then let alone mm. that they're getting people like richard to rock up and be made yeah. parts in it it's it's crazy um mm. but yeah this, this movie um, I think in the States is a PG 13. Like right. it's, it's a re you know, it's weird because, um, I don't know what the last movie was, but like, this seems tonally a lot lighter than, than, a Tremors movie that a any Tremors movie that we've seen. Um, and I really feel like that is, is part of the budget and, and everything else that like, we don't get a lot of, um, real graboid, uh, on or, or Shrieker or whatever versus person action where they kind of take people out. There's a lot of cutaways. There was kind of like a very, there, there was there was one scene in particular where um, I got super confused because I'm pretty sure this guard was taking a whiz outside and then uh, Shrieker turned up. So he went to hide in an outside toilet. Yeah. And I was like, so you're having a wee in the, jungle and then you ran yeah. into... anyway but yeah that's a good point and... i didn't even think about that <laughs> it really confused me i was like mm. just weird the toilet dude <laughs> but anyway that aside um yeah and, and and like you know trying to kind of riff off the jurassic park bit quite heavily there i think and yeah and, um you know but it was a you know jurassic park was more of a a graphic scene than than what this was it, oh yeah, way know, more, yeah, yeah, and and so this movie is very tame in that respect, um, and and just you know is an extremely low budget kind of the graboids themselves, you know, and and the shriekers we get we get little of them, and what we what we do get is you know very very computer processed. There's no practical stuff going on here, and um, you know it is very low budget in that respect. Hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to go from there. I guess, I guess, tell me what you think of this one. What do you think of yeah, Part Seven? It is a weird one. Like, I think it's it definitely takes too long to get going. Um, I was kind of blown away by how slow the intro is to this movie. Mm. Um, they're setting up a lot as as we've discussed, mm. and I think that the the idea of like the Jurassic Park take on the story is really cool. Mm. Um, and it and it works for a Tremors movie. Um, but then. I, I timed it, and once we actually get Bert Gummer on an island trying to fight graboids, it was forty minutes into the movie. Yeah, and that is that is like it's forty minutes. So then, when you actually think like, right, what actually happened in those forty minutes that I enjoyed? I was like, man, 
there was just a whole lot of setup. I got to see Richard a lot, which I enjoyed. Um, but I was like, man, the rest of these characters suck. Um, they're just not really doing anything. And then it was just kind of like they they purposely slowed down the story for no reason. Um, kind of one of the things that was a selling point for this movie when they first kind of announced it was we got to see that first image of Bert and he looks so radically different in this movie yeah. um, than we've seen him in other movies. And so that was kind of like, it almost felt like that was their unique selling point of like, ah, look how weird Bert looks. And then they just spend like ages just getting Bert back to normal. Well, and then that's like when the movie starts is like 40 minutes in and you've got yeah. normal Bert Gummer again. It's a crazy long scene as well, isn't it? Because you mm. have uh, jazz send off one of her understudies to go get Bert. We get this whole montage of him flying on planes and riding <laughs> yeah. on boats and like yeah. all of this stuff. That so was, much. Was laughable. And then, and then we get to see Bert Gummer doing his rendition of Castaway effectively. Mm. Yeah. Where he is just on this island, kind of, and, you know, because he's Bert Gummer, he's just, like, you know, making his own clothes and making, you know, some lampshades out of some tortoises or whatever. And, like, you know, he is kind of, you know, all overgrown and long hair and beard and everything. And it was like, okay, that's kind of cool, but it feels weird. And then, yeah, we get so long of him going back and you know, getting on the plane and doing the montage back the other way. And then kind of this massive scene of him grooming himself as there's this cheesy Burt Gummer video playing. It, it was so odd. Mm. So, yeah, it, it just it took so long to get going. And then when we get to the meat of the actual characters and the Graboid action, I obviously love Michael's Burt. Um, I thought Richard was a really great villain and he kind of him and uh, Burt together really carried that this movie great. because I think without them or without one or the other, this would have been a painful watch. I think that the character you just mentioned, who is, um, I literally got to look it up, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, is, is, he's atrocious. Um, I don't like the actor. I never have liked John Hedder as an actor. Um, I think he does a terrible performance. Um, I don't enjoy this character. I think it's clear that from, a some level of script that this was going to be Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. Um, and he gets just taken out of the movie because he's not going to be in it. And I think he's, he's referenced um, so often in this movie. Yeah. Well, and, and this guy, even when I first saw him in the trailer, I was like, oh, okay, he's doing a shit impression of that character. And I almost thought like, I wish that it just recast him mm. because it's laughable to have someone who's not that character. I, I, I can't remember the character's name, but obviously we're referring to the Jamie Kennedy character, which is Bert's son. Um, I, but yeah but like he he is just playing like a parody version of that and so it just becomes so bad and yeah i, I really didn't like his performance then you touched upon it that jamie kennedy's energy from the last two movies mm. was that injection that i think this franchise needed yeah. um you know for a fifth and sixth part and i think his back and forth with michael's Burt was so awesome um really really made me enjoy both of those movies and to just not have that to then have him try and have this back and forth with this guy that i'm not enjoying um like i say loved when Burt was on screen with richard's character but it just wasn't mm. there enough for me um so that was a huge problem. Um, I do think that the Graboids, they look okay. Like you say, they're full computer animated at this point. And it's one of the things that I've I just gotten used to because the last <laughs> yeah. two were like that as well. Um, but it's no excuse. Like they should at least try and do some practical stuff. Um, I think Graboids look good in this movie because they've kind of done that now for a few movies and they know how to do it well yeah, on a budget. Yeah, it's the shriekers. 
the Shriekers are so disappointing. As someone who absolutely adores Tremors 2, and it might be my favorite of them all, um, seeing this one called Shrieker Island, I was like, hell yeah. I was so ready for some badass Shrieker action. And early on, they introduced like a new mechanic with the, Shriek- with the yeah, Shriekers with regarding their sound. And I was like, oh, okay, they're actually going to do some cool stuff with this. Because the best part about Tremors 2 was learning about how the Shriekers worked and how they mm-hmm. used their heat vision. Um, and then they just don't do anything with it. And then, like, the actual battles and the way the Shriekers look are so terrible. There's a scene towards the end that is, like, laughable with the Shriekers when they have this, like, one-on-one fight with Bert and the other guy. Um yeah. And so I just found that really disappointing. And the the ending of this movie has a big fat spoiler, which we're absolutely going to have to talk about. Um, which 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 we'll get to. And yeah, we'll, we'll get to that because that definitely left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, but I like oh, overall, um, I would say this was comfortably my least favorite of this new trilogy. And like, even though there are multiple elements to it, it, it mostly comes down to the lack of Jamie Kennedy. Um, mm-hmm. Like you say, I think he really carried those last two movies along with with um, Michael's Burt. And I think he does the absolute best job that he could do. Mm. Um, and I love the introduction of Richard. But like you say, this is so low budget. Um, and I also think as well for me personally, before I get your thoughts, like this is the third one now that we've seen in five years. And that is a lot for Tremors. Mm. Um you know, when that fifth one came back, I was like, hell yeah, a new Tremors movie. And then I got used to the low budget and I got used to Jamie Kennedy. And so I think that's why the last one that we did cover for the show, I ended up really enjoying mm. um, because he'd already established himself as the character. And so I just, I really enjoyed Cold Day and Hell a lot. And then this one was like, man, we're getting a third one in quick succession. There's no Jamie. They've got this ripoff character who's clearly trying to play him and some other poor decisions towards the end. Like it was, it was disappointing for me, this one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've touched upon a lot of things that I agree with, really. For me, Mm. um, the the biggest thing is what you've mentioned there, Jamie Kennedy, more than anything, um, because I think he made Bert better. He Mm. made Bert more fun. And I feel with Bert, he always needs, like, a, a sidekick. 100%. Um, you know that was why he was you know the first movie he was so good he had his wife obviously we had the uh Bert was the sidekick in part two as well mm. and, and then kind of transitioned to on his own and kind of you know whenever he's been at his strongest he's playing off someone and Jamie was the best person in the entire franchise that he played mm. off with and and I think it gave the best Bert what we got um so yeah, I think Michael did a, did a great job in this with Bert again and was enjoyable. Bert is just a hilarious character, but he wasn't as enjoyable in this movie without Jamie, and and it was massively, um, you know, it, it was a massive miss for me uh, with him, and and yeah, even with the introduction of someone that I like as much as Richard, because he's not there to play off Bert on a consistent no. basis, it didn't fill that void. I think, mm. um, you know, it was at times distracting to have Richard in this movie because it was kind of like um it's his character is such a serious character and Richard does such a good job of kind of you know bringing what he does to that role that it almost felt out of place in this kind of slapstick world and then when it became when his character became more slapsticky I didn't really ever want to see that side of him Mm. um but but I think you know I still I still really enjoyed it I loved just like when he started to go off the rails and started to kind of be that big game hunter and not wanting to give up on it and all of that stuff was, was really fun. Um, but, but ultimately for me, yeah, you know, the, 
the action in this movie, you know, I don't come to these movies for Burt Gummer uh, or, or Jamie Kennedy or any of these people. You know, I come to these movies for Graboids and Shriekers and, and previous movies, Ass Blasters and all of these things that are just super fun. And I think the, you know, they got so close to um, bring in the magic of the first trilogy because I don't think a single movie has beaten the trilogy. You know, um, four to seven, none of them are as good as the first three movies. Mm. And um, I think the reason is, is the first three movies, each one of them it is a new, new monster and it's discovering what it can do, what its strengths are and what its ultimately weaknesses are to defeat it. And then each movie, there then was an evolution of the monster for the first trilogy. And this movie didn't introduce a new monster, which I don't blame it for. But what it did extremely well, which you touched upon, was give the Shriekers more of this ability. They made them more deadly. Um, and I really like that. And I really wish they'd have lent into the Shriekers more because there's this weird yeah. payoff where uh, this movie's called Shrieker Island. But, <laughs> most, but the poster is a Graboid. Yeah. And like most of the movie is actually them dealing with Graboid still. So well, the main conversation is Richard's character talking about engineering graboids as well. Yeah. So like it's super weird. The Shriekers are incidental in this movie, and I really think if they'd have played a bigger part as well. But yeah, I just think you know, and ultimately it just didn't have the um the scenes with the graboids or shriekers doing anything remotely interesting because they were never mm. really on screen with the character. It would always be a CG shot of them flying through the air or, or attacking someone and then like a scream or a pan away. You never really got to see any of the meat of the bone of the, 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 the graboid shrieker action. Um, mm. And then, yeah, kind of, you know, going into the final third, I, I really didn't like the the Bert, um, Jimmy scene that you touched upon where they're kind of uh, dealing with multiple shriekers. It felt very dumb and felt mm. like it completely disrespected that creature that's been built up and was just like this really dumb montage scene and yeah, then, they've never shown them used like that ever before like any other no, instance I... like that in any of the movies you're dead yeah exactly the, these monsters have always had one rule that they are deadly like they will they will mess you up you need to have like uh a giant like chain gun to take these out uh, you know you yeah, or you need launcher. to keep your distance <laughs> yeah. or keep you know a uh, height on them you yeah know? exactly so so yeah that that seems very disappointing and then we'll definitely go into the finale but yeah i mm. found it all super disappointing and and triggered me more than anything um and so yeah i it's it's difficult because i'm very negative in my discussion but then this movie is super low budget and like mm. i'm like well i had a good time with bert i i you know love seeing richard in things and i do like a tremors movie like this movie didn't like really piss me off but it's just not anywhere near you know the the bar for the tremors movie let's be honest is not high you know mm. not not the, not this new trilogy we've enjoyed the previous two movies but the bar really isn't high they weren't making our top tens they, no, they you're talking about a very specific low-budget monster yeah, movie, which we enjoy. It's a niche that we really like, and therefore we dug those movies, even though they probably weren't fantastic movies. And then this is a step below that. So, yeah, mm. I, I think like you've got to be a special type of person to really want to check this one out. And we are that. And, and I don't <laughs> regret check, checking it out. But, yeah, yeah, beyond that, I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I think that's all we have to say, really. Now, I think definitely talk spoilers. Um, yeah, got big to. spoiler alert because there is an insane thing that happens at the end of this seventh Tremors movie. Um, we, we're going into the finale, and you have very much some typical scenes that you'd expect in a big action movie, where so, you know certain characters are hinting whether they're going to like sacrifice themselves, and you know some movies do that, some movies they just hint at it. Um, but we actually get a scene involving obviously Bert and this shit new character jimmy um yeah. which is just like a really poorly constructed scene to begin with because bert has a plan that he's gonna stick with and then jimmy kind of comes out of nowhere and is like yeah i'm gonna help because i'm helpful now um yeah. and then basically causes bert to kill himself um yeah. to that's save right. jimmy um and and th that's what happens he jive he pushes jimmy out of the way he dives into the graboid the graboid swallows him whole the graboid then flies out of a mountain and lands on a bunch of i think spikes and dynamite and blows right. up um, yeah i mean so is dead as fuck <laughs> yeah he's 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 dead as fuck and it's just the whole thing is terrible because even to strip it back from earlier like we, we've got the finale where bert jimmy and kind of Jazz and a few others are all standing on the floor and the graboid is under them. <laughs> and and Bert earlier in the movie said that they're trying to he's taking out the weakest one one by one. But then suddenly Bert goes, The graboid's after me. You you can all go. <laughs> so everyone else leaves and just walks away. So this is the first time in like Tremor's history that the, the graboid doesn't just go after people that are walking on the ground. Yeah, like any just movement. focused on Bert. And then Bert strolls around for a bit, picking up a couple of weapons and coming up with his plan until he ultimately decides to do the old Kevin Bacon trick from the first mm. movie. So, you know, that's the other thing that I found triggering, that, that this whole um, finale was, was constructed as Bert's, like, homage to the first movie. And then mm. he just fucks it up and lets himself get killed and it's such like uh you know if that again if that had been jamie kennedy's character it would have made a bit more sense you know that's his kid and he wants to kind of protect him and he's grown this rapport with him but like who cares about jimmy let jimmy get eaten no this is my major frustration with mm. this is that clearly this was written as yeah. him saving jamie kennedy's character his son but yeah the end and of the trilogy I, yeah and i think that would have been awesome like i genuinely think that would have been great i think it would have had some sort of emotional impact on me and i yeah. think it would have been an awesome ending for this franchise yeah having said that when jamie doesn't come back change the bloody ending yeah, like you, you have can't to. have this because jimmy is such an awful character who does not deserve this moment and so yeah he sacrifices himself he dies and then we get this amazing like montage where they actually show you all of the different clips from tremors movies I which i was not expecting that they would actually so get the rights to this <laughs> And and it genuine and it's even like remember there's like a Burt Gummer day that they say at the yeah. end and like it, uh, this could have been fucking so good like I this know. would have been one of my favorite endings to a franchise because it one it shocked me which I think is great I yeah. did not expect them to kill Burt the, the thing that was but, funny was in the build up to this I remember thinking to myself I'm gonna say on the podcast how dumb it is that they tried to pretend that they're gonna kill Burt Gummer. Yeah. And, then, and then three minutes later, he was dead. And I was like, well, 
egg on my face <laughs> yeah um, so that's like awesome that's such a good twist but again it doesn't it's not earned in this movie right. and so now it's like this is your one time to do this this is your tribute to a man who has played this character for 30 years and i think michael deserves all of the credit in the world i think he's been vastly underrated his performance in all of these movies yeah. and i think it's incredible to see a guy who's maintained this throughout this entire franchise mm -hmm. and at times carried this franchise on his back and he's just been awesome like he deserves all the credit in the world like that is my biggest takeaway from watching this newest movie is to just shout out to michael for being a phenomenal actor um and really really deserves the plaudits and this should have been his like big emotional moment yeah and they completely bungled it like this moment was for us it was for the hardcore yeah it's for the Tremors people that have been watching these for 30 who love years this. yeah and it would have been great like if he would have sacrificed himself for a character who we really really enjoyed um and had that genuine back and forth and i know jamie would have been able to get emotion out of that scene because i've seen yeah. him do it that would have worked and been so awesome and i think we would have been having a completely different conversation about this movie oh, sure. um and it's such a shame that yeah like i don't know what happened but all we know is that jamie is not in this movie and pretty much that was like the domino that just started the collapse of this not being a success and it's yeah. it's a real i'm genuinely bummed out because i think they could have been an amazing ending and i'd have been sitting here going you know what hats off to tremors it's over 30 years seven movies you did burt proud and i can't say that because of this movie no um, and, and i honestly think that like again all of the other things that we get a bit caught up on would have would have been brushed under the carpet a bit mm. more because this could have been a killer ending and it could have been fun and you would have just let the other things slide because it being a bit low budget but this the ending made me so angry mm. and like then to get that really cool montage was was just really triggering because I was yeah because like you said you know uh, everything that you said there really that you know Michael has has literally you know that there aren't many people that have played a character for as long as he has in as many movies as he has let mm. alone the fact that he's carried the franchise and he is just this phenomenal character that that is that he has portrayed so well so you know this this should have been and also like throughout this movie i was getting the feeling that like i couldn't imagine him in in one in two years time yeah you know like I, i'm not i'm not entirely sure how how old he is but like um i'm just gonna have a look how old is he but um uh, but, 73 yeah and i mean because there are scenes where he is you know he's been chased by a graboid mm. and like it was being played in slow-mo and you could you know you can see that it's not you know you, you, it gets to a point when you're seven when you're in your 70s and you probably can't like get chased by graboids much yeah. um, which is fair play but like you know it was masked well enough i think in this movie and then if it had have been you know the, the really satisfying payoff but the whole like even the whole jamie thing aside and the fact that he saved a character that um we don't care for that much you know um it's it's still just the way it was done it just felt cheesy like in their minds they were like oh you know it was the pivotal scene of the first movie and kevin bacon kind of you know pushed his friend out the way and then did the big dive at the end and it was just like um you know trying to recreate that in in this scenario that just wasn't as special it just i don't know like 
it, see i'm it, with it, you but i don't really think worked. it would have been i don't think it would have been cheesy if maybe Jamie was not there. maybe not i don't know but like yeah like i, I kind of like that I, I love the throwback to one and i think it, had it meant emotional impact it, it, it would have worked for me yeah, personally, I mean, it would have worked it could have it could have worked i mean for me mm. it just missed in every every way shape or form because that triggered me as well as everything else but it was mm. just because of the fact that yeah i didn't i didn't like you know the the characters and and, and the setup beforehand you know it didn't it didn't feel right and it's just it is a shame for the franchise to end on that note because there shouldn't be another tremors movie get made because no i don't think um, there will be you know i think with even because i could imagine that like if that had been jamie's character i know we've harped on about him so much but i really Mm. think it's so important like if he'd have like put bert's cap on and like at the end and like carried on the work or whatever mm. like i i would watch a movie with jamie kennedy and another tremors movie but I, yeah. I i have zero interest in the franchise now like my interest ends with bert oh 100 yeah they and completely so, killed it yeah they knew what they were doing i think they wanted to do that i think they mm. wanted to be like here's a full stop and now if anything happens with tremors it's going to be a fully fledged remake it won't be yeah. this canon this canon's dead now no right. yeah and it, yeah it's a shame it's a sad way to go out yeah it just it really reminds me of like character deaths need to be meaningful and so that's why when something like when they made the horrible mistake by killing off um jamie lee curtis as laurie strode and it's like that was an awful decision that happened it's in the movie and it went out and that's part of history and then when you have these situations now like of course with halloween 2018 that i know people yeah. are fans of but like it just pisses me off to, to a franchise gets to have its cake and eat it and be like no 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 that doesn't count but what does the first one yes does the second one uh maybe does the third one oh that doesn't really matter because michael's not in it does the fourth one oh who cares do you know what i mean it's just like it muddles yeah. it so much when you start being nitpicking so then the same thing would happen with this of like you could easily because michael gross i should say as well when you were just talking about him as an actor he was basically saying a few things of what you said of that he's getting on he doesn't know if he's still got this in him but he is up for more and he's saying you know if they can find a way to get me in it i would be up for it and that's already <laughs> starting to be like no it's over like yeah. the character's dead he he dived yeah, into imagine, a graboid imagine, and then blew to pieces he's fucking imagine dead. if they got like jamie back on board and they're like all right let's go let's go again with these two and it's like what yeah yeah do you know what i mean and, and it's just like franchise, he could just wake up from that and say it was a bad dream and i'd accept it with this yeah well they could just do the bloody but, halloween and just be like it's not canon do you know like if, but, if you can just say movies are not canon then ultimately yeah. none of these movies mean it, anything anymore it is it is one of those things that it's funny because obviously um you mentioned the the, the laurie strode one which is massive and such mm. a massive misstep but like um, you know, we've been talking at length this year about the new Scream movie mm. and, and kind of seeing seeing Burt Gummer's demise is yeah. now something that terrifies me because yep. if one of those three characters dies and it's not in a satisfying way, it, it a little part of my soul died when I didn't get to see Burt Gummer get the ending he deserved. <laughs> if one of those three characters don't oh, get man. the ending they deserve... Like, cannot wait for that show like, like i feel like we're just going to be swearing and shouting for like an hour straight i'm, I'm, I'm gonna, honestly it might be, be the, it might be the thing that ends the podcast i will find those guys that making that movie like i'm gonna be so upset <laughs> right, but I, I'm, 
I'm a hundred percent with you in the worst way where like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I felt like this reminded me of the Laurie Strode thing and eat, like say, even though I'm not a big Halloween fan, I realized how much of a shitter that was. And so mm. it, I, I am thinking of the, of the characters that I do love yeah. and care for. And Bert was one of them and he's dead now. And so, yeah, who's next? Dewey, is he next? Like, <laughs> For me, for me, like as well, the Halloween thing. Like, I am a big Halloween fan, and and mm. also I am a huge H two O fan. Yeah, like yeah, I love H two O. And for like that to be the movie to come out after H two O was just like everything about it. Like the way that they they uh, skirted around Michael Myers, like in the decapitation, and then like the whole Laurie. It was just oh man. Mm. But yeah, let's never do that movie. But yeah, I, I've got myself angry, bro. Yeah, I'm not surprised because I I watched this movie um quite a while ago now, shortly after we recorded last week, and I was mm. stewing for a little while after it, where I was just like, "This has really pissed me off." And I almost, I was sat there watching the whole credits, waiting for like a stinger of some sort to be like, "Oh, you know, it wasn't what actually happened, and it never came." And I was like, "Wow." like and it's it i tell you what as well like the the same guy has directed this this most recent trilogy and i really? do think he's I done a thought so. I, I thought he's done a good job overall mm. like we say considering that yeah. this is a micro he, he budget almost, he almost deserved this moment <laughs> you know? but like i think he's done a good job of at least making tremors relevant and again yeah. and he gave us two good movies before this and it's just a shame that like this is the conclusion of it and like like you say uh, you can point to a lot of different things, but I really do think that the second Jamie wasn't on board, they needed to put a halt to this production because they clearly had a script with him yeah. in mind. He didn't come back and then they clearly had production ready to go. And they obviously made some changes on the fly. They brought in an actor who never should have been in this movie. And it, it just, it was just a mess. Ultimately, yeah. It's a shame, man. These ones bum me out so much. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, I'm, I'm flustered. Yeah, let's move on. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion of Tremors, Shrieker Island. Uh, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back. So yeah, before we get to uh, listener feedback and other things we've been watching, um, we did watch another thing this week. Um, we did, which is the Creep Show animated special. Um, mm. So is it? I think it's out this Thursday. Um, I believe so. Yeah, so that's the 29th, obviously ahead of Halloween. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we were able to check it out already. So thank you very much, Shudder, for that. Um, we will not sure. be talking spoilers, obviously. Um, we'll just be nope. giving our overall thoughts on it. Um, but yeah, this was obviously announced like a couple of weeks ago um, in light of obviously season two not coming this year because of the pandemic. And it was like, when they first announced it, I was like, this is really cool, but I don't know what to expect from it. Do you know what mm. I mean? Because it's new and different. And yeah, we, got, we got big writer announcement for this. We got yeah. big cast announcements for mm. this. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, what is this going to be? And so sitting down to watch it and, and, and discovering what it was i had a really good time with this i think the first um story is the one when you really have to get used to the kind of format which is obviously mm. it's animated but it's kind of like a storybook come to life um yeah. or almost like you know it's a comic, a comic book, book. Comes to life. it's it's a it's an it's a very slightly interactive comic book but it's almost it's almost a narrated comic book yes with almost the camera panning over like stills from a yeah. comic book which i really yeah. enjoyed um because yeah. yeah greg nicotera directed both of these segments mm -hmm. 
and um yeah obviously the first one written by stephen king and the second one written by joe hill um and yeah they both have like a narrator that kind of tells the whole story and it really just felt like watching a or listening to an audiobook come to life yeah um yeah i felt yeah because uh, as someone who has read a lot of stephen king and joe hill short stories they both very much felt like that way but Mm -hmm. they had the added added element of having like a cool image on screen to go along with what you're hearing Mm -hmm. and then a really great voice performance um obviously the first story was Kiefer Sutherland doing the voiceover yeah. um who is always incredible huge fan of Kiefer's work oh, and yeah. he was incredible really really enjoyed that story um and then the second one Joey King um who's not someone I'm overly familiar with but she's kind of like a teen uh, actor who's been in loads of stuff she was in like The Conjuring mm-hmm. I looked up um and she's basically been yeah, in stuff she was one of the kids from Conjuring wasn't she the first Conjuring yeah, so she's she's been really prolific, but she's in a lot mm-hmm. of Netflix shows now. But obviously, she's still young. But she was awesome; like she was perfectly played that kind of like teen character, what they were going for. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I just thought that both of the stories were really cool. They they were actually both really awesome segments. And part of me was like, oh, I wish they could have you know filmed these. But they were also yeah. quite high budget. I imagine that the both of them would be. Um, so then maybe they're, they're they're not kind of like the level that you'd be able to get from think- the regular show yeah for uh, sure like yeah I, I just thought these were both awesome what did you think of them yeah i had a great time too i think like um i think this worked perfectly as a special mm. or as a standalone episode you know this is not what i want from creep show all the time but as a departure and as this bonus thing i thought it was incredible like obviously to get keither involved is great like yeah he is a, he's a fantastic actor he's one of my favorite actors to see like he's just instantly recognizable in his voice and and it's just great, and and he and he and he brought it for this performance. I thought it was fantastic. I um, I, I think that segment in particular works extremely well in the comic book scene because it can be uh, super violent and also um, you know, works very well. You know, it, it made me cringe, even though it was just mm. comic book stills. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was done so well. It's a really messed up um, story. Really messed up. I think I think the second segment. Could, could have been fun as, as a live action more but again like super enjoyed it in the comic book style cartoon segments um and 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 yeah um obviously again like being such a fan of Kiefer kind of Joey King did such a good performance mm. um because she held her own in that second segment versus Kiefer who is one of the best kind of voices I think in in film you know he he's instantly recognizable and 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 yeah i think kind of um i really enjoyed like the first segment was just kind of um super in your face but like the second segment was really enjoyable i had so many elements to it that i enjoyed and like yeah it's so well put together and constructed i think yeah like it could have been live action it could have been a feature but yeah both both were very enjoyable and yeah, it was just, again, just makes this, um, this resurgence so good. Like it's such a strong franchise again already now we've had two wins, you know, season mm. one was a win and then, you know, this special was a win. Um, oh yeah. So, yeah this this gets me so excited going forward. Cause like I said, yeah, I really, so I really enjoyed season one, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't perfect. It was a really good first attempt and Mm -hmm. was a mixed bag overall. But I think both these stories were a really good stories, um, like in their own right. I thought they were both brilliant. And then like 
both directed fantastically well and then yeah like the performance is like the second one i loved because it really reminded me of like a life is strange where you have this kind of like young yeah, female narrator really so well. and i love that she's kind of like tweeting this whole event that she's at and that's kind of like the 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 way lens. it's constructed yeah, overall and i just thought that was such an interesting take on telling the story of like she's the narrator <clears throat> but she's basically talking in like third person through these tweets mm. as she's explaining what's happening like mm. yeah it just worked really well for me like obviously like when you've got talent like joe hill and stephen king involved you, you most of the time you're gonna get gold and i thought both these short stories massively delivered like considering this was something that i'm sure wasn't on the table prior to season two being delayed um mm. maybe it was who knows but i think the quick turnaround of this you know from announcement to getting this out for halloween i think is so impressive and yeah i would sure. love to have like every six months like an animated special then the proper series animated special proper series mm. you know like and really rotate them because i think that'd be really really cool and i think this is obviously not going to be for everyone because it is animated as opposed to live action but for me mm. like I say as someone who has read their fair share of these short stories um it, it was just like it was the best of both worlds it was like listening also, to a cool audiobook with a great voice performance yeah but also visually really interesting as well for someone so like i've recently picked up the creep show arrow blu-ray that yeah. had a fantastic extra story that i really dug and yeah, i was, was this done the like that then well, what, oh, well yeah no it was, oh, no, it was a comic book, book wasn't it yeah i forgot it wasn't um, like an actual visual thing and like i'm you know neither of us are comic book guys you've mm. read a few graphic novels i've yeah. read like one and i'm just i'm just not a comic book guy i can't get that enjoyment from it i i just can't like i just breeze through it and don't take it in and um uh, and and so yeah for me like i really enjoyed that comic book in the arrow collection but it was still a comic book that i don't you know like as a media and and so like yeah i would love to see that segment get brought in into mm. one of these because i think it, it would it, you know it would look so good and and just give me that narration and give me that little bit of interactivity that i want and it, yeah I, i'd be so down for that um, I, I think it was what what was such a good choice as well is obviously both these stories having a main narrator. Mm. Like I'm really curious what this would look like going forward if they didn't follow yeah. that blueprint because I just think that worked so well. Um, you know, because you've not got multiple yeah, characters that are voiced by anyone. The comic book, yeah, which is which I which like you say, and then you've got a guy like Keitha who you know can do that, and then Joey was just so good as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I I really like this was something that I was looking forward to as a fan of Creep Show to be honest i thought it'd be okay at best this was way better than i expected it to be like i, I mean, was like really cool i was still pretty salty after watching the movie <laughs> uh for this week and i threw this on it be kind of still in a bit of a bad mood mm. and and you know it, it cheered me up mm. uh watching something that was fun <laughs> yeah and 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 yeah so yeah i i i think it was great and i think kind of you know um Shudder putting this out just before Halloween is fantastic and, and it's just a no-brainer to watch. Yeah, 100%. I highly recommend this one for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, before we get to our listener feedback, actually, because we'll end on that, there's a couple of things I, else I watched that I want to talk about. Um, the first one being one that featured on the news recently, and I said I was going to check it out, um, which was the new remake 2020 of The Witches, um, right. which I have checked out. And... Obviously, I had my reservations about this one after the trailer um, mm. and obviously being huge fans of the original. Um, this was really cool. I really dug it. I think that it's kind of 
it's very slow to begin with um and just has a very boring start but i think once you get to what the meat of the story is um you know for people that kind of are familiar with the story it's basically set in this main hotel um you know a bunch of witches are staying at the hotel crazy things happen and you know once you get to the meat of the story and you start seeing the witches i, I think it, they did a really good job um yeah know, i've the- seen some stills and like they look very terrifying in mm. a different way um yeah. which is good Yes, they that that is that is right. Is that it is a remake, and they do you know do copy a lot of the scenes, um, you know, scene for scene. But it's it is enough of its own thing, where it is of course the bones of that original story, mm. but very much with the modern lick of paint, and obviously very um, CGI focused. Which uh, you know early on, and again, I'm someone who like you know of course likes movies with cgi because i love like the marvel movies but i also think that practical can go a long way as well mm. especially in genre stuff and i think early on you kind of have like um the witch's cat is all is like full cg and mm. when it's just doing like cat things i'm like why couldn't that have just been a cat you know whereas when later <laughs> on when it's doing more when it's doing more crazy stuff you're like oh, okay it makes sense that it's cg and the same with mm. the mice in it as well um but the way they use cgi with the witches i think is phenomenal and i think anne hathaway's performance as the grand which is so good and is really really like creepy and scary for a kid's film um mm. and the use of computer graphics actually really really reminded me of pennywise i was and, gonna say from what i've seen it reminds me of it massively yeah how and the brilliant thing about that version of pennywise was that it was so creepy because of bill's performance but and then the, the graphics just completely enhanced it in brilliant ways and i think that's exactly what they did here where like you you'll see in a lot of the stills if you've seen that kind of like anne hathaway's character when she's normal has these like cut lines near her mouth almost like the joker and later on when she's a bit more crazy she kind of has this gigantic smile with these crazy big teeth Mm. and it's like it's pretty scary and like i think there's so many cool little moments in this and like you say it's still about witches trying to do messed up things to children and i think it still has that like creepy element to it that i don't think it is as terrifying as the original but i still think this is going to scare a lot of children that check this out because at the end of the day this is a kid's film um yeah and and i think it will still achieve that goal of it's a horror movie for children you know it is definitely a kid's film 100 percent wouldn't recommend it to horror fans in the slightest um but i think kids will be creeped out by this which i think is a success for this movie because that's exactly what the original one did um so yeah i'm really presently surprised with this one i would actually recommend people check it out um because i yeah i really enjoyed the performances especially anne hathaway she was so good the kids were good mm. in it as well um so yeah just a really fun time um and then very briefly i wanted to touch upon um i i'm not going to talk about the movie itself but more about the release of it which is borat 2 um which i saw over the past week and yeah i'm not going to talk about the movie because obviously i'm sure people have already you know have their thoughts on whether or not this is a character that they enjoy um me personally i absolutely love it and thoroughly enjoyed the movie but to see a movie that was from pre-production from the idea of this movie the seed of this movie all the way to release uh in the past week on amazon during a pandemic i thought was so impressive and it actually gave me hope for the for the future of the film industry in a weird way because i was like if they can do it it gives me hope that we can move forward with these big movies because i am starting to get a bit down like we all are hearing about these movies that we're looking forward to and they just constantly getting delayed and it really does make me worry about the future um and I, that's why i want kind of want to put these two together because seeing the witches which again was announced and then put out on digital services and it was none of this 
um release date um musical chairs you know oh it's you know, like james bond you know oh it's coming out now oh it's delayed indefinitely oh it's coming out like i'm sick of it i'm absolutely sick yeah. of it and to see the witches and borat both just get really get, get announced as movies first and foremost officially announced about both of these were announced maybe a month or two ago to then come out straight to digital platforms um and for me to get to see them and enjoy them at home was such a joy and so i want to give both these movies massive credit for that and Definitely. um you know, even though not every movie is obviously going to follow that, but kind of like it, it does make me annoyed that more horror movies haven't gone that route. Obviously, we've seen some which have done well. Some yeah. have still got theatrical releases. Some have gone to digital. But I would say overall, and we'll obviously get to that, I guess, when we discuss like a year end stuff. But I am annoyed at how many horror movies haven't been able to find different avenues to get to the fans it, it is a very big frustration to me especially now with halloween around the corner mm. um the holiday it, it really annoys me that there's we, we right it, now we could name a dozen horror movies that we're looking forward to and yeah all it shit the bed in different ways that, that one of these didn't take the gamble yeah why um, is not one we, of these we, movies said we're going to come out on halloween on yeah. digital and try and dominate that marketplace no one's done it literally no one yeah because i really think that that is the opportunity because you you get that bleed into uh, non-horror fans as well like mm. everyone's going to want to check out a horror movie at the weekend yeah everyone's going to look at their you know look at look at the paid for things and you know I, I this isn't the one that i think would have done it because it is big but like imagine if candy man was just like fucking, yeah like halloween candy man it's all about candy man and like just chuck the trailers everywhere and like mm. i honestly think it could have made a killing and, and like i say maybe that's not a good one because candy man is probably going to be big anyway but i think like, that's a good i honestly think that was know. the one that i was gravitating towards because yeah. well, i'm like halloween's not going to do it because it's a sequel to a movie that killed at the box mm. office like spiral they're trying to reinvent saw again so that's not going to happen yeah the place made huge revenue but i think candy man is a level of risk like yeah. a lot of people don't know what the hell that is and yeah it's, it's not a jordan peele movie mm. you know it's not a direct it's not directed by jordan peele so it doesn't carry that buzz so yeah no i like you say i think uh, we're obviously excited for candy man but mm. i don't think oh the God, so the excited. general populace is excited for candy man like outside of the very mm. hardcore horror crowd so i'm with you that if they said like here's this brand new scary horror film out on halloween it could have killed well especially but, because they could have chucked it on any cinema screen that's open chucked it on demand as well mm -hmm. and just because people are going to flock to the cinemas and on demand for horror on halloween yeah so it doesn't matter if it's on both i don't think one would cannibalize the other i think it would mm. just give people the option just be like screw it Candyman is everywhere on halloween you know yeah and literally it could have had it as like a limited thing as well where it's literally there for the halloween weekend yeah you know and and you know give gave it a go but yeah, that's what I mean. There's so many levels of ex experimentation to this. And of course, this is new new for everyone and everyone mm. has to adapt. But I think that's why I'm A, very frustrated with a lot of big horror movies this year and the way that they've they've handled it. And then B, I wanted to give credit to movies like this. Um, so shout out to The Witches, which clearly had an insane budget. When you're talking about Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, yeah. and then you're talking about a lot of visual effects that look very good. Um, this was clearly going to be a big cinema release and they decided to bite the bullet and release it. So I have to give credit to them and also for Borat for like literally the entire movie is based around the pandemic 
dynamic and they do such a good job of portraying that in the movie and make fun of it and as well and it was exactly what i needed in this ridiculous year um so both those movies man like i just want to see more genre movies take that avenue for sure um mm. but i'm glad that at least some movies are surviving it gives me hope that there's like films after the cinema because i'm like you say i'm with you where i'm starting to look at this and being like what if the cinema is not an option anymore mm. you know you know what where do these movies get shown that actually can make some money um and I really hope both these movies do really well. Obviously, Borat's say, on they need to Amazon. Make money, but... Yeah, Borat's on Amazon. So obviously, it's just, you know, you'll never hear about the success of that because it's Amazon and they they do plenty well with their money anyway. Um, yeah, that blew like... my mind when I saw that on there because I'm not a hmm. Borat guy. I won't be watching this. And like, um, yeah, I just saw it on the Amazon home screen. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's the first movie. And then I, <laughs> then I like, saw it. It's a 2020. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not like to pay for on there. You just get yeah, it as a no, prime it's just member. On my yeah. Amazon prime. Like, it's I mad. Like, Whoa, what? I was like, okay, I'm still not going to watch it, but. Yeah, especially because that first movie was like huge. It did so massive. But um, either way, yeah, we'll move on for it. Um, yeah, just a very brief. Have you seen anything else this week? Because oh, I want to move on to listener feedback. Otherwise, no, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna save it. We've Fair gone enough. a bit long. Yeah, we got other stuff. Um, yeah, just very quickly, I wanted to do. It's mostly just from Sean, of course. Um, who is obviously continuing his watching crazy horror movies, and um, I love it yeah. So much. Last week we discussed Hollow Man, um, and I did want to just quickly say that I did look up the Hollow Man Collector's Edition Blu-ray. Um, it is available in the UK, but it is out of print. Um, so it's no longer available to buy new and pre-owned copies were going for over 30 pounds on ebay wow. um so i will not be getting that i will probably be renting hollow man in the next week because i really want to watch <laughs> it um so yeah that was frustrating um but i didn't even realize that so uh sean got his incredible haunt blu-ray I know. um which i didn't even know this was out this quickly um, he's had one hell of a couple of weeks by the <laughs> yeah. 13th and now the haunt one that this haunt one as well is my crazy. god this is beautiful. Like this genuinely rivals the Friday the 13th one of like, it's so incredible. And I just look at this and I think this is, again, I don't want to keep harping on about it, but this is how I used to feel looking at Arrow Blu-rays. But anyway, it's like, it's so beautiful. The presentation of this with all the lovely posters and the pin oh, the badges. Pins. It looks yeah. so insane. You you need to check out a, a, yeah. a video or, or, a, or pictures of this because it is like for a movie like Haunt, which mm. wasn't like this, big budget movie but we loved at fright fest for this to get like this level of release is phenomenal and i'm just so envious because yeah. i want this yeah i'm completely uh, blown yeah. away by this so this yeah this is ronan flicks who um released this and massive credit to them i don't know you know how many licenses they get but like please release your shit over here because you would have some customers in us this is absolutely beautiful incredible um and yeah sean was re-watching uh haunt and very much enjoyed it mm -hmm. um I, the other one that he re-watched which was interesting was yeah. um, the stepfather i know um, which uh have you have you seen the stepfather oh my god i love stepfather yeah so like um i'm a big fan of this movie as well and yeah obviously Terry O'Quinn for me is an absolute living legend. He obviously portrayed mm -hmm. my all-time favorite TV character in John Locke and seeing him as this villain in this classic horror movie. I remember yeah. I discovered this a few years after Lost had ended um, and watched it and yeah, really, really enjoyed it. And, it, and now Sean's talking about this is like, I really want to watch Haunt Hollow Man and now Stepfather because of you, Sean. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm probably going to start. I'm actually thinking about renting Haunt and Hollow Man for Halloween. Nice. So. Haunt's, Haunt's available somewhere. 
Is it right? I'll have to check. Yeah, I know Hunter Man's pretty difficult to get, which is frustrating. Yeah, I think Haunt might be on Amazon Prime as well. Oh, nice. I will have a look before I get that one Mm. then, because I I I did already look for Hollow Man, and that was streaming somewhere because that's how I've watched it. Right? Maybe it was on. I can't remember. Yeah, I'll look it up. Um, but yeah, like, and and I think overall, obviously, Sean, I think you've absolutely smashed this. Like, it is Amazon Prime nice um yeah yeah, i think you've done such a good job with this because uh, i always find this overwhelming and i think what you've done has shown me the best way of doing it which is a a mix between the absolute classics that you know you're going to enjoy like an evil Mm. dead that just is completely timeless some more modern stuff that you enjoy like a horn and then just some absolute crazy batshit stuff which i've never heard of um Mm. and i think that's a really good mix because i think the idea of watching like 30 horror movies that i've never seen before in a month just seems crazy to me um, yeah i think i think he didn't like i was thinking the same that he did an incredible job because obviously the friday the 13th box set came out mm. during this 31 days and uh he watched like the first few and i i would have 100 watched them all and then got <laughs> yeah. fatigued yeah. and like it was such <laughs> a good choice to move on and come back to them um so yeah like I, it's it's given me a drive to want to do it next year yeah 100%. Uh, we'll, we'll see yeah i was gonna say <laughs> it depends like this year actually would have been a good year to do it because we yeah. haven't had too many releases yeah, but uh, yeah we shall see um but yeah that is pretty much it for this week um mm-hmm. next week might be an interesting one um yeah. because there's a movie that's on our local cinema listings what which which is still open for business as of I right this I, second i, I, I <laughs> don't know whether it's open yeah, well, according to the app, it is. Who knows? We're just that place might burn. One day, yeah, and and there's just going to be like police tape over. The yeah, just crisp like, okay, everywhere. It's been a good ride. I'm going to like have to light a candle and, and yeah. sit outside. Yeah, that's what I'm expecting. But as of right now, um, the craft legacy is showing mm-hmm. at our local cinema. So we have a task on our hands because neither of us have seen the craft. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be fun to talk about next week. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah maybe just just to preface we are going to be talking about the original craft and craft legacy next week yeah if we have time to watch them both <laughs> that's fine <laughs> let's not make any promises <laughs> what else what else are we going to do yeah we'll, we'll try and watch them both obviously it'll be a little bit different to our normal ones because obviously we normally do the the whole versus thing with like a remake and obviously it's not a remake it's supposedly a sequel but this is more mm. just an excuse for us to watch the original craft and talk about it because we've never seen it um and we both have an interest in watching it um but yeah from what kind of an, one franchise that we're looking forward to next week um but it was a pretty crazy one this week watching the seventh tremors movie um, but yeah that was episode 220 thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone I never could, and how could I start now? Honey, I'm down now.